fan for fan line and blessings to you for checking out today's podcast so let's get into the racist element of loitering laws Ahmad Arbery went for a jog in the neighborhood of Brunswick Georgia a coastal town south of Savannah in late February he paused to look around a construction site for a new house. Then in the middle of his run, a newly public video reveals he was confronted by Gregory and Travis McMichael, a father and son duo. The father, Gregory, a retired police officer who'd seen Aubrey and decided he looked like a local burglary, burglary suspect. Arming themselves with a 357 Magnum and a shotgun, the McMichaels, who are white, chased Aubrey, who was black, with a pickup truck. The video doesn't always keep the three men in frame, but we see Aubrey attempt to go around the pickup only to be intercepted by Travis and McMichael with the shotgun. There's a shot, then the two men tussle for the weapon, then another shot at point-blank range after which Aubrey stumbles away, attempting to run before collapsing dead on the pavement. <clears throat> the McMichaels claimed they were attempting a citizen's arrest and shot Aubrey, an unarmed runner they chased and cut off in self-defense. No charges had been filed. The video's release prompted protests and plans for a grand jury and a statement from Georgia's attorney general calling for swift justice. Now, it's a welcome call, but swift justice wouldn't have required a viral video. <clears throat> and this case is all too familiar. It calls to mind the spate of nationally reported killings of unarmed black men and boys, often by white police officers over the last several years. But it's also reminiscent of a longer American history of doing violence to black men for the crime of being out in public. Aubrey's death resembles nothing so much as lynchings conducted in the name of vagrancy laws. Jim Crow era legislation crafted to create an endless supply of excuses to harass African Americans and even arrest them jail them, and profit from their labor. We have the power to pass stringent laws to govern Negroes. This is a blessing for they must be controlled in some way or white people cannot live among them, said one Alabama planter in the post-Civil War era. The Jim Crow Black Codes were indeed stringent. Nine southern states adopted vagrancy laws 
writes Michelle Alexander in The New Jim Crow, which selectively made it a criminal offense not to work and were applied selectively to Blacks. The Black codes also worked hand-in-hand with convict leasing laws. Alexander notes, which allow or allow for the hiring out of county prisoners to plantation owners and private companies. Prisoners were forced to work for little or no pay, supplying the plantations with cheap labor, very cheap labor, and the county governments with an income stream. It wasn't antebellum slavery, but neither was it an entirely different um, creature. And indeed, court decisions of the time, like 1871's Ruffin versus Commonwealth, decided by the Virginia Supreme Court, held that a prisoner is a slave of the state who has forfeited all his personal rights except those which the law in its humanity accords him. While the classic vagrancy law required proof of employment, some of these measures also included loitering as an offense. In 1866, Georgia law banned wandering or strolling about in idleness. Kentucky enacted laws which allowed persons guilty of keeping a disorderly house loitering or rambling without a job to be arrested and bound out to the highest bidder for a year's service. And like most vagrancy laws, more broadly, anti-laudering laws were race neutral on paper. Now in practice, they gave police a reason to arrest black people, especially black men, simply for their public presence as opposed to any specific criminal act. The concept of vagrancy, including loitering as a criminal offense was also used by racist vigilantes to justify lynching. In 1949, vagrancy was criminalized in every state, but most of the laws have been withered under court scrutiny in the years since. A Jacksonville, Florida law was struck down by a landmark 7-0 Supreme Court decision in 1972. It permitted arrest of rogues and vagabonds or dissolute persons who go about begging common gamblers, persons who use juggling or unlawful games or plays, common drunkards, common night walkers, persons wandering or strolling around from place to place without any lawful purpose or object, habitual loafers, and many more. The court deemed the Jacksonville law unconstitutionally vague, absurdly a defendant in a related case was charged with loitering because he was standing in the driveway, an act which the officers admitted was done only at their command. Many anti-loitering laws have been rewritten for greater specificity in the last 50 years, ostensibly to address issues like gang violence and prostitution, but they remain on the books 
and subject to tremendous abuse. More importantly for Aubrey's case, the idea of lording as a threatening act by African-American men remains embedded in our culture. Thus do black parents teach their children to take extra precautions and black children worry about their parents. My wife often cautions me against going out at night, tweeted black Michigan pastor, Micah Edmondson, in response to Aubrey's killing, because <clears throat> she knows that when some people see me at night, they don't see a Presbyterian pastor or a PhD in systemic theology. All they can see is a threat. That seems to be all the McMichael saw too when they killed Ahmad Arbery after hunting him down in the street. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please feel free to comment and share. And if you feel led to give a donation, I gratefully appreciate your support. And I leave you with this word from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Enough said.